Hi, I'm Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas in personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. Welcome back to the Mind Valley podcast, folks. You've been lied to. There are so many grand myths about civilization today that really hold us back from who we are. And one of the biggest lies is that you cannot have it all. It's the lie that says that you have to choose in between life. You can't be a mom and have a career. You can't be successful and have a balanced life. You can't be rich and have a decent soul. You can't be fit and still have time for your career. You can't build a thriving company and still be a good dad. That you've got to sacrifice your health when you get. Older, or you've got to sacrifice your wealth if you want to make more time to relax and enjoy the world. And the twist is this: all of this are lies from mediocre people, from mediocre education, from mediocre times. We are far more powerful than we believe we are. Terence McKenna said this: "Nature loves courage. When you make the commitment, nature will respond to that commitment by removing impossible obstacles." Dream the impossible dream, and the world will not grind you under. It will lift you up. This is the trick. This is what all those teachers and philosophers who really counted, who really touched the alchemical goal. This is what they understood. This is the shamanic dance in the waterfall. This is how magic is done: by hurling yourself into the abyss and discovering it's a feather bed. This is our topic today. It's the idea that we are far more powerful than we've ever been trained to believe, and that what our education system teaches us that truly matters in life is a tiny slice of what we are truly capable of experiencing as human beings. I learned a lot of these ideas through John and Missy Butcher, the brilliant American entrepreneurs who also started the personal growth company Lifebook, which is now part of Mind Valley. What you're about to hear here is an intimate conversation between John, Missy, and myself on stage at A Fest in Bali. A Fest is one of Mind Valley's festivals, and at this particular event in Bali, the whole theme was on how to live with a bold vision for yourself. What we cover here is the idea that so many people with big dreams they fall for a dark, dangerous belief. And that is the belief of sacrifice. That to grow your company to a hundred million, you gotta sacrifice your relationship with your children and your health and your sleep. John and Missy say that's bullshit, and they talk about how we can view our lives from a three sixty degree perspective, and we can truly crush it in every single dimension. But there's a nuance to it. It's about. Escaping the fantasy that education drills into us—that the only thing that matters is your business title, the size of your wallet, and the job you hold—and understanding that life as human beings is so much more complex than that—and then putting in place the right methods and tools to truly accelerate your learning and to put in place the habits of people who are incredibly well balanced. Once you do this, you find that it is so easy. As McKenna said, it's like hurling yourself into the abyss that you were once so afraid of, and discovering 
it's nothing more than a feather bed. So let's get started with this incredible interview with John and Missy Butcher. Lakiani, and this is the Mind Valley Podcast. Hi, everyone. This time, the topic is very, very, very important to the idea of envisioning. The problem when you have deep visions that pull you, the Reverend Michael Beckwood said, you can be pushed towards a vision, in which case you need motivation. And it probably means that mm-hmm. the vision isn't really for you, or you can be pulled by a vision, in which case there's so much joy and relentlessly pursuing that vision that you cannot help but be successful getting to that vision because the vision pulls you. But there's a dark side to that. You can be so pulled by your vision because it's so important to you, it's so important to the world that you forget everything else. And this is why if you actually look at the statistic of many people who are leading these game-changing companies in Silicon Valley, if you look at the statistic, and these are some of my friends, they're having issues with their kids, they've lost that bond, they're having addiction issues to drugs or alcohol. Elon Musk confessed to the New York Times that he cannot sleep without pills like Ambien. They have health issues, obesity is rising, relationships are falling apart. That's the dark side of vision. This conversation is about how, yes, you can have a vision that pulls you, but how do you stay true to that vision while still being conscious of all the other dimensions of your life. What makes John and Missy Butcher unique is they came from really humble backgrounds, right? Like right. when you guys met, Missy, you were... Uh, 17. You were 17. farm girl. Bad girl in a, a grocery store. I a grocery store. Yeah, I was this little sacker. We and you guys sacks. met. You yeah. were a broke musician. Yeah. You were buying goods yeah. in a grocery store. She was, she was buying the ramen. Girl. Buying <laughs> top ramen. ramen. That you know was my, yeah. set. And then this is what happens. <laughs> then Precious Moments takes off. Precious Moments went on to become one of the biggest art companies in America. Mm-hmm. It has done thus far $12 billion in sales. And all of a sudden... Hundreds of millions of dollars are flowing through the butcher household. They build a house so amazing that Oprah is featuring it. Now, to most people, this would break them. This would completely fuck up their lives because you can't go from poverty to that level of wealth without some degree of like things going wrong because your consciousness just isn't ready for it. And indeed, they went through shit. They will tell you about losing siblings, losing brothers to alcohol and addiction. But what made John and Missy unique is that they channel that energy. And despite the sudden boost in wealth, they ensured that all the other dimensions of their lives were whole, were conscious, and grew alongside that. That's true, man. That's going to be the conversation. Well, I'll tell you, what happened was that we busted up through all that. I mean, the Lifebook was born in our darkest hour. I developed a horrendous anxiety disorder. I was housebound, full-blown agoraphobia, it's called. Couldn't even leave the house, like drive out of the driveway. So like you said, we felt that. We kind of fell apart. But I think that the thing that we started with was the basis of our relationship. We had this this foundation. Yeah, that's what we had. had. Foundation. So we had our relationship. Everything else just kind of happened around that, but we had that anchor, those roots. But literally how Lifebook was born, and I don't think I've ever told this story, at least not on stage, How Lifebook was born was from the most difficult emotional experience that we've ever gone through. So I had to figure out how to put my life back together. Like I was probably at that time CEO of five different companies. Like Vishen said, it was just a few years into this massive friggin' and it was just too much. And we were burning the candle at both ends and self-medicating with alcohol and drugs and just all the things that, you know, that happened. And so I just had this 
total crash, had a couple of panic attacks in a row, didn't know what that was, and just basically became dysfunctional. Like I called all of my managers and I was just like, I'm not coming into work tomorrow. You're gonna have to get along without me. No transition plan, no nothing. Mm -hmm. I'll let you know further notice when I Because can... you couldn't actually yeah. leave the house. No, I was, I was right. completely You were going fucked. through a psychological disorder. Yeah. And then what happened was my dad <clears throat> was watching late night TV one night and he came across Tony Robbins' Personal Power 2, and he ordered it for me. This was 1991 or something. He ordered it for me and said, John, I think this might help. I had never heard of personal development before in my life. So I was like, whatever, I'll try anything. And so I listened to this program, and it really did help a lot. It's one of the first really great courses, right? Mm -hmm. So I got a little bit of a foothold, or at least I got pointed in the right direction. I mean, Missy helped me. It was rough. Yeah, it was rough. I could never have oh. ever have gotten through without her. But all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, this <clears throat> program sort of pointed me in the right direction and gave me hope that I could get back in control of my life. And so I started doing personal development. Like, I discovered it. So it was Wayne Dyer. It was Deepak Chopra. It was uh, the greats, you know, the badasses back then. And I kept all of my notes in a little binder, like my breakthroughs, the challenges that I want to work on, the goals that I had. Best practices. Best practices. All those things, yeah. And <clears throat> over the years, this little binder just kept growing and growing. One year I realized, hey, it would be a great idea to categorize my goals and my breakthroughs and start keeping track of like all the love stuff here, all the health and fitness stuff here, all the business and financial stuff here. So I broke it down and I started thinking about what are the most important areas of life to focus on in order to really get clear on the person I want to become and the life I want to live. What do we have to master on this planet mm -hmm. as a couple to move into the direction of our ideal life? And I think that's a key lesson there, John, Missy. So if you're looking <clears throat> at 360 Life Vision, mm -hmm. you want to look at all the exactly. categories. And I'd love for you to list the categories, okay, the 12 sure. categories mm -hmm. that you looked at. Mm -hmm. You guys heard Patrick Grove's six categories. You heard Cameron Harrell's five categories. Notice, it doesn't matter whether it's six or seven. Or you add what's important to right. you. John had 12, right. and you're welcome to copy John's 12. That's what I did. But you choose the categories. The thing is, the categories are simply meant to ensure that you're not just obsessed with the tiny slice of life that's that right. school says is important, mm -hmm. yep. which is your career and your bank account, right? Mm -hmm, that's yeah. exactly right. So notice what John said. He and Missy did it together. You are involving, you are sharing this vision with your business partner and your team. You are sharing this vision with your partner. For example, John and Missy, their visions intertwine. And by the way, if you look at the OKR process, remember I spoke about how OKRs are 50% up, 50% down? It means that when you're coming up with OKRs for a team, it's coming from the leader, but it's also coming from the team members. The reason for that is, again, holistic, shared life mm -hmm. vision. So keep in mind, it's 360 this way. That's your life. It's 360 this way that's being inclusive of the people within your business or your love relationship or your family. Awesome nice. distinction, man. Beautiful. So how to create a 360 life vision according to our methodology is to think through each individual category of your life and really dial in what it is that you want in each of them. And then you roll that up into one singular compelling <clears throat> life vision. And if you're doing it as a couple, it's a really interesting process. For instance, the first five categories of Lifebook are personal life categories. They're your health and fitness, your intellectual life, your emotional life, your character, and your spiritual life. 
Those are you separate from the rest of the world. So a husband and wife, those two categories are going to be different. Her health and fitness goals and strategies will be different than mine. But when it comes to categories like your love relationship, parenting, your financial life, you better have the same visions or you're going to be in trouble. So love relationship, parenting, financial life, you want to ensure that your visions mm -hmm. overlap or are parallel to your shared. partner's vision. Yeah, exactly. Well, our deal is identical as possible. Yeah, our life vision is our life vision. Right. And it includes my stuff and his stuff and we... Yeah, so you know. we have different <clears throat> goals and strategies in the personal sections of our life book, but we have one life vision and we've always had one life vision. And this is the target. This is what we're moving towards as a couple. All of our energy goes there. And what's so beautiful, you guys, is it's a North Star. It guides your daily choices and actions. It's a decision-making framework that ensures that you don't go flying off into left field and find yourself, you know, two years down the road. Where the hell am I? How did I get here? No, mm -hmm. this keeps you on track. Like Vision's been saying, so many people get obsessed with a couple categories. Well, this makes sure that you never get too far off. Sometimes you have to make sacrifices. If you're starting a company, you better be prepared to make a few sacrifices because that's how life goes. But using this sort of methodology, you never get too far off track without coming back to center because you're conscious of all of the important areas of your life. So this is a question for you guys on those categories that coincide. What process do you go through? Are you guys going on a retreat together and coming up with the life visions? Great do you question. do it separately and then collaborate? Mm -hmm. We have three important connection rituals. So our daily connection ritual is just because we work together. We work at home, but we don't always work in the same space or on the same things. So every day after work, we either take a bath together or if weather permitting, we go out and we take a walk. And we connect on everything that we each did that day. Challenges and opportunities. Yeah, and just and what happened. Just and catch, we catch up. up. And even kid stuff, whatever. <clears throat> because I have found that if we don't do that every single day and a couple days go by, I'm like, I've lost connection with right. him. I don't even know what's going on with him. I can't feel him. I can't understand his emotional state. So that one is a mild one, but it yeah. just ensures daily connection. daily. Right. I think that one's actually very big because it ensures that we always... And then every week, we have the, an overnight date. This is the biggest love relationship yeah. strategy we have. This is number one. <clears throat> and this was hard when you have little babies and you have kids. And but it can be to, done. Yeah, it can be done. <laughs> and so every week for the last 30 years, we've had an overnight date, no matter where in the world we are, yeah. without the kids, to ensure our love yeah. and sex and romantic and, and passion life and play, play. is dialed That's in. That's the big thing. And we Vision, we talk a lot about our life vision on those yeah, dates. That's one sure. of the big topics of conversation. Always. But our big, our life vision trip is usually once a year. We yep. go to a spa somewhere or spend like two weeks somewhere in the woods and just go deep in our overall life vision, yep. where we're going. How did we do last year? What are we doing, what are we doing next year? And yeah. just so you know, this is so cool. We're leaving here from Bali. We're going home. We're packing our shit and we're moving to Hawaii. So this is... <laughs> we bought this property 17 years ago. Our life vision is usually five years out. And what's so funny is this Hawaii move in 2014, that was our five-year life vision. And then 2015, it's like, you know what? That's going to be a four-year vision. Now it's a two-week vision. We are literally <laughs> stepping into a brand new life. The last 30 years have been epic. But the next 30 years, equally epic, hopefully, but, but very, very, very different. different. Our whole lifestyle is going to change. So we'll let you know how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing, guys. That's truly amazing. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. 
So let's get a sense, okay, of how to create a 360 vision. So Cameron Harrell, if you listen to the podcast, he speaks about the five F's. And for him, it's fitness, faith, which is your spirituality, family, friends, finance. Those mm. are Cameron Harrell's five F's. And then Patrick Grove has his six F's, and he adds two more. Figurehead, which means he wants to be a thought leader. He wants to teach. Mm. He wants to inspire, which is really cool. I, I've never heard anyone add figurehead. And then he added fun. To him, fun is an essential part of life. So those are two models. Now, mm -hmm. let's hear the life book model, which you okay. came up with. And sure. remember, before it was mm -hmm. the life book model, this was John and Missy's model. So, this so was, you have yeah. 12 categories, right. and you guys definitely want to take this down. Here's how we've got it divided. We have our personal life categories, and there are five of them, and that is you separate from the rest of the world. Your health and fitness doesn't depend on anyone else. You get to decide what you put in your mouth. You get to decide if you're going to go to the gym in the morning. That's the distinction there. This is your personal world. Then we have the relationship categories, then the business categories, then we have quality of life. So here are the 12 categories. The first five are personal life, health and fitness, intellectual, your mind, both input and output, by the way. Input would mean studying. Output would mean writing, producing, both very important expressing, yeah. Then there's your emotional life. that We go deep in because at the end of the day, that's a big one. Mm -hmm. We all want to feel happy and everything we do is a means to that end. That's an important category. Fourth is your character. What kind of a person do you want to become? What kind of a person gets the life that you want to have? That's a big one. And then the fifth is your spiritual life. So those are the five personal life categories. Then we go to the relationships. First one is your love relationship, your romantic relationship with your significant other. Second is parenting, a wild, crazy, awesome, interesting category. And the third is your social life. And I'll tell you, that one's a sleeper. That used to be our weakest category by far because mm -hmm. we got big families and we like spending all of our time life. together. Yeah. And, but when we discovered the power of social life, that was a game changer mm -hmm. for us. I mean, just being around a group of people like you guys, it turned on, vibrating at a high level. This is big, big stuff for us, and it's relatively new. Mm -hmm. Then there's the business categories, which are career and finance. And they're connected, obviously, very deeply connected, but they've got to be thought about separately. And you've got to develop a strategy for each of them individually because they're very different. We know a lot of people that have had an amazing career, Mike Tyson, with totally jacked up financial life, and vice versa. So they've got to be handled separately. Yeah. Could you give us an example of what you mean by vice versa? You know, Mike Tyson made $350 million and he ended up broke because he had a great career, horrible financial life. I read an article about a Chicago janitor that saved all of his life and retired a multimillionaire and bought a villa mm -hmm. in the Caribbean. And so it can be done either way. But he had a modest career, but he handled his finances yeah. so well. And this has been one of our struggling categories is financial because we're artists, we're not numbers people, we're great at making money. Our big challenge is making sure that we're organized and manage our money well and dial it in. So then the last category is called quality of life. And quality of life, we really look at the things and the experiences and the environments that you want to be surrounded by. This is where your boat lives, your villa by the sea, your trips that you want to take, your dream house lives in this category. It's the beautiful side of mm -hmm. materialism, living yeah. on this gorgeous earth that we live and being surrounded by the things that we want to be surrounded by. And so those are the, the 11 categories. And then we roll all of those visions 
what you want in each of those areas up into a singular, compelling life vision. Which is the 12th category. Yeah, which is the 12th category of life book. And how we do that is we try to get to a synopsis of what that looks like. So for Missy and I, we've worked on a two-page synopsis of our ideal day. And we wake up in Hawaii, and this is exactly how we spend our time. And it's very different than the last mm-hmm. 30 years. Yeah. And so that's been our target. Every choice we make and every action we take, we try to make sure, no matter what category it's in, that it is consistent with that target. It kind of automatically happens. That's Once right. you get really clear on your vision and where you're going and what you're all about, that's your North Star, like John yep. was saying. And then things, sometimes they can just start falling into place just with that clarity. And then you start with the intention and the allowing, and that's how you get there. A lot of it is just getting clear on it yourself. You will automatically yeah. start to take right action. Yeah. You'll know what you your want. subconscious is like, that's where we're going. All right, I'm going to start doing some stuff. And then the universe conspires around you right. as well. It really does work that way. So when people go through Lifebook and they go through these 12 categories, you have them go through a very interesting thought process. Now, mm-hmm. Patrick Grove, he says he gets away from his life, his careers, his businesses, and he goes deep and starts journaling. And many people do that in an unstructured way. Mm-hmm. But you have four questions right. that you ask in each category. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. Tell us about those four questions. Well, let me tell you the deliverable first. You leave this program with a 120-page, vividly illustrated book that you wrote yourself about the person that you're going to become in the life you're going to live. Every life book is different because every person is different. So this is an empty system that you fill up with your own stuff, which makes it completely different than any other personal development program out there. Meaning, the valuable information in this program comes from you, not at you. That's the context. So there are 12 categories, and in each category, we ask the following four questions, and this is what makes up your life book. The first is premise. Premise is a fundamental belief that other beliefs are based on. What do you believe about health and fitness? What do you believe a proper love relationship is? What do you believe about parenting? So we help you, and this is hard, you know, we hold your hand on this. We really get you connected to the beliefs that have been controlling your behavior, the financial beliefs. And if one of them is the love of money is the root of all evil, you're going to have problems. Doesn't matter how great your goals are, your strategies, if you've got that fundamental underlying belief, it's going to jack up your behavior and you'll end up sabotaging yourself. So those beliefs are so important to root them out. And John, you also have very unique beliefs about, for example, your health, right? And aging. And so what you believe about the world tends to become true for you. So true. It's really crazy how beliefs warp our reality. Well, let me tell you about that picture that Vision's placed it all over the internet. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the thing, you guys. I never set a goal to be in better shape in my 50s than I was when I was an athlete in my 20s illustration of life vision, how it can really just... Yeah, this is exactly what vision was just saying. Totally. What I did have was I took that 29 photo, I put it in my life book, and I said, that's me. That's who I am. I'm going to stay that way. It was a belief. And again, what happens when you dial into a belief, this is a microcosm of what we were talking about when you have a clear life vision, you just start to make the right choices and actions. I wasn't perfect, Mm -hmm. but I knew that that's what I wanted to be. I didn't have to set big goals. And I didn't accomplish that through a program or a strategy. That happened naturally over time just because your beliefs control your behavior. And my belief was I was always going to be a strong muscular Mm -hmm. athlete for the rest of my life. Super powerful shit. I don't want to leave the belief thing yet because beliefs, seriously, they absolutely 
whether you're conscious of your beliefs or not, That's right. they are what form right. your entire life. Because you're what they you're, control your behavior. They control everything because your belief is your belief. And you have all these possibilities and thoughts that come in all the time. Whatever your belief is, that thought is weighed against that belief. Exactly. So you choose the thoughts and the possibilities based on your beliefs. And then your actions are done through that same process. So it's like, we can't talk enough about the importance of beliefs. But we have to stop but we because we've got to. three more things that we got to. <laughs> we'll but move on. So here's what we do at Lifebook, though. We help you root out limiting beliefs that need to go. And then we help you replace them with yeah. more empowering beliefs that will take you where you want. And these are your beliefs. They come from within exactly. you. We help you find them. They're not our beliefs. Right. They're each and every person's <laughs> belief. Empty is, system. Yeah. Okay, second question is, what precisely, with clarity, do you want in this area of your life? What do you want? What is your ideal vision for yourself with health and fitness? What does your ideal love relationship look like? Find the courage within you to ask for what you really want, because that's the only way you're going to get it. And so we get you so clear on what your highest self looks like. And you guys, that's such a valuable thing. Mm -hmm. You know how few people have a concept of what their highest self looks like in every important area? I mean, that is a massively valuable thing. So what do I believe? What do I want? Why do I want that? What's the purpose behind that belief? What will I gain if I achieve it? And what will I lose if I don't? That's your fuel. Why you want something will determine whether or not you're going to get it. Because most people know how to lose weight, stop putting so much food in your mouth and move around a little bit more. I mean, that is basically the general deal. It's why that will make the difference between whether or not you do it. And then the last question we ask is, all right, if that's your vision for this category of your life, what do you need to do to get it? What's your strategy? So the lifebook process is simply answering those four questions across the 12 categories of life. What do I believe? What do I want? Why do I want it? And what do I need to do to get it? That's awesome. Thanks, ma'am. John, so questions have come in. Esmond Barry asks us this question. Once subconscious beliefs have been discovered around the various areas, how do we remove these beliefs? God damn, Missy. We get asked that question. I know. Ten, but, and you know, guys, Hard. truthfully, we're not <laughs> experts one. at this. I'll tell you who are the experts. Marissa Peer. You guys all know her. Yeah. She's a badass. Please. She's so good at this. Lion Goodman has an entire system called Clear Your Beliefs. Here's what we've discovered, though. We've discovered that sometimes just getting conscious of a belief that you find that this mm -hmm. leftover from childhood that's bullshit, that's hurting you and holding you back, sometimes just getting conscious of it can be enough to blast it out of your life and put a new one. And I think that's how it works for us. Right. So that's the only thing we can really share. It's like from our own experience. But there are some really good programs out there that can really walk you through that. Other times you have to coax those beliefs yeah. out of your life. They're sticky. They're tricky. They don't yeah. want to leave. Sometimes you even need professional help to get rid of them. So we're not experts in that, but like Miss said... Consciousness is a massive, a massive tool. I mean, anytime you just are like, okay, right. wow, I can see that now. And your subconscious is like, yeah, let's not do that again. Right. So you really can make changes like that. And the way our relationship is and just the way our personalities are, if we do uncover a belief that's been holding us back, we go after it and we friggin' kill it and we kill it together. And this is another thing. We are accountability partners. I don't let him get away with any shit. <laughs> and he does the same for me, right? 
Thank you. So you that's a big help in our little system. What that really looks like in action is if something's coming up, if one of us are behaving badly, and if we identify, you know, where's that coming from? Well, let's go deep yeah. into that. That's a way to root these things out, totally. and then we can work on it. And bringing consciousness in the moment. Like, I remember years ago, I was really struggling with being judgmental. I was raised in a very fundamentalist Christian household, and it just came with me. It just was like I was mm-hmm. carrying this around for so long. I was so judgmental of others that weren't like me in my earlier years. And I was like, John, I really got to get rid of this. And he's like, yeah, you really do. And so <laughs> we worked on it. And I was like, just well, bring it up. Time, yeah. Just bring it up. Anytime you see it, just put it in my face. And it Compassionately was passionately. It was hard the first few times. I was like, shit, I don't want to give that up right now. <laughs> right, I'm really, exactly. you know? But that's a really good way to have it with accountability is like, hold on, you just hold up a mirror. You're doing this right now. You didn't want to do this. And that's been very helpful. So let me give you guys a framework that you can use, right, to rewire beliefs. This is the Mind Valley framework. Awesome. And yeah. it's called the five praxis to optimize a human being for transformation. We use this framework to put on an event like AFES. We use it to design a quest. We use it in Mind Valley University. So there are five ways you can speed up transformation. And transformation comes from changing someone's worldview, which essentially mm-hmm. means changing someone's belief, removing. Yep damaging beliefs and implanting more empowering beliefs. So the first one is critical reflection, Mm -hmm. which means you take time off, you go and you journal, you write, everybody should get a journal. Mm -hmm. Life book is a form of critical reflection. You're bringing consciousness. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You're applying consciousness. The second is studying, writing. And what this means is sometimes you will change a belief simply by reading a book, reading an autobiography of a man or woman who have done something great Mm -hmm. in the world. You absorb their beliefs. You read something about Elon Musk and you realize, I too can be bold. The third one is social discourse. This is what happens when you guys get together in a group and have conversations Mm -hmm. with each other. So you will find that in an event like AFES, often you develop healthy new beliefs through conversations. For example, at one particular AFES, I remember... We were in a beach in Hawaii and I sat next to this guy and he's like, Vision, I want to do this and this and this. I'm like, where are you living? He goes, I'm living in Idaho. I'm like, well, get the fuck out of Idaho. (laughs) And then I recommended that he move to Encinitas where there were lots of Mm A-Festers. He moved to Encinitas and he helped start a tribe. This was Dave Maxwell. He's helped connect a whole bunch of entrepreneurs in Encinitas and more and more A-Festers moved to Encinitas. And soon there was a thriving community of entrepreneurs having regular social discourse, helping each other elevate their game. Amazing. Now, The next one is application. This means you actually apply what you're learning. You continuously apply what you're learning. You cannot help but transform yourself. And then the fifth one is the most interesting. Get this, guys. It's called altered states. So altered states is often (laughs) overlooked when it comes to transformational theory. But many people Mm -hmm. actually use Mm -hmm. forms of altered state Mm -hmm. training. By far, according to Daniel Goldman, the number one form is meditation. That's why you'll notice many of our teachers guide you through a meditative experience. When we started AFES and I made you see your future self, that was a way of getting you into an altered state. Now, when it comes to altered states, as Jason Silva said, you can access them using different things. There's brain training, there's meditation, there's pharmacology. There are many different ways, but meditation is by far the best way of accessing an altered state. This is why many people who meditate regularly, they automatically shed Mm -hmm. certain Limiting beliefs. So you can use these five practices. Would you like me to repeat them for you? So the first one is critical reflection, journaling, etc. Second is study, watching a TED talk, watching an AFES talk, taking a quest. Third is social discourse, good conversations with good people. This is why you are the sum of the five people closest to you. 
Fourth is application, getting out there and actually doing the work, getting out to gym, doing your life book. And fifth is altered states, which means a meditative or any form of practice that lets you access altered states. Good stuff, man. So we have a couple more questions that okay. came in. Ani Patel asks us, how often does John and Missy review and check in on their life book? We go through probably every two years, yeah. would you say? Depending on where we are in our life vision process. This we last actually went one, through twice in a row because yeah. this Hawaii vision, you guys, was so friggin' intense because we got to get all our companies basically automated. There was so much to do mm -hmm. for this one that we felt like we had to go through Lifebook twice in a row. And so back to back. We usually don't go through and two And we went years. through our master course. We did the whole thing for a year. And then we take a Life Vision trip together, but we're not in our Lifebooks every day. And the only reason is because we've had one for 25 years. When you first start out, you'll want to really spend a lot of time with it. Mm -hmm. But we do redo our Lifebook probably every two years. Yeah, that's right. On average. Because it changes. Yeah. Life is dynamic. Yeah. You can't think through this right. once. No. Look, at even like the category of parenting, you got to be in that chapter every six months. Your yeah. kids are different human beings every six totally. months. Totally. So you really got to keep up with really, it. Really, Lifebook is a practice of consciousness. It is. It's, it's a, a practice It's a of, lifestyle yeah, system. It's just, you got to continuously be conscious of your life, put energy into it at all times so that you grow and you keep cultivating. So the next question we have, Tofal asks, can we talk about category 13? So, we love talking about Category 13. But, um, but, but hey, guys, if you are part of Mind Valley Mentoring, so Mind Valley Mentoring is expanding to include a documentary film channel, high-quality productions with all our authors, including Category 13. You can watch it on your app. And there, there's a 90-minute video that goes deep in Category 13, which is basically the power of sex. Fuel. Someone's really excited about that. How would you explain Category 13? Well, here's what it was. So Lifebook, we look at the 12 categories of life, and that's what we've spent the last 25 years doing. But all through those years, we had a secret, like our secret category. We call it Category 13, which is our sex life. And like this is one of the things that we made a commitment early on in our relationship. Yeah. Probably first year, right, baby? Yeah, for sure that we were going to explore eroticism and sensuality mm -hmm. deeply. That's been one of our massive focuses. And so we've always had this sort of off to the side. We've never shared it with anyone. And then when Vision finally drug us up on stage. <laughs> Thank you, by we, the way. Yeah, that. totally. It's changed our lives. Totally. I'm so grateful that we <laughs> got connected with up. beautiful people like yeah. you. We decided to share it for the first time. And we made a short movie, a short documentary on just the incredible power of sex. An intimate connection. Intimate connection that a couple can experience and specifically taking that energy, taking that power and transmuting it to other areas of your life, mm -hmm. which is, by the way, a major chapter in the book Think and Grow Rich that most people don't remember. It's chapter 11. It's called The Power of Sex Transmutation. And so this documentary is based on our experience. We didn't discover that Napoleon Hill had discovered this 100 years before us <laughs> until we you know, read the chapter in that book. But it's one of our favorite subjects to talk about. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, so anyway. So just go to mindvalley.com forward slash mentoring and you can watch it there along with like hundreds of hours of other like great trainings. Okay, so Ines asks us, what would be your advice if you and your partner aren't in alignment on the relationship categories? Is it best <sighs> to do the life book session together or separately? It's always best to do it together. It is. It if is. you're both into it. Yeah. We have a lot of couples that drag, you know, when the husband drags the wife or the wife drags the husband. And by day four, we almost always mm -hmm. completely win them over because the process is so different. 
People expect to come and be taught in a room. That's not what it is. Your wisdom is being drawn out of you and you're seeing it happen. It's an amazing experience. Well, a lot of times, like John's saying, it's tough because it depends on where you are in your relationship. If you're in an all-in relationship and you're like, you're totally devoted, this is a devotional relationship, right? Then you've got another job. Your job is compassion. Your job is patience. Your job is to put a container around that partner of yours and gently coax them out and help them with their struggles. If you're in a relationship that you're not so sure, then that's a different story. You really have to decide where you're at because it is super touchy. Like if you guys are growing and one's taking off and one's not, oftentimes this one will go down lower as this one rises. That's so true. We've seen the danger is obviously when one of you is committed to personal growth and the other isn't, is that you'll grow apart to the point where you're so far apart, there's nothing Mm -hmm. you can do about it anymore. But here's the thing about life book for couples. There is no better methodology that we've ever encountered to get a couple on the same page in every area of life than this methodology. Because what it does is it opens conversations in every major category of life that you can use as a platform. Because here's the thing, guys, 90% of the problems that you will experience in your relationship will be because you're not on the same page in one or more of these categories. Mm -hmm. He's a spender, she's a saver. He's a disciplinarian. She's lenient with the kids. This is where couples get knocked off course and get into mire and muck. And Miss and I very rarely fight or argue, but when we do, it's only about stupid shit because we got nothing important to fight about. Nothing important at all to fight about. (laughs) We are so aligned in all the important stuff. And if we're not, because we've been going through a massive growth spurt because we're getting ready to step into a new life. And sometimes we're like, okay, he's here and I'm here. We'll just say, okay, we're not going to answer this right now. We got to wait because there's going to be something better that incorporates either both or something that trumps both. And we have lots of good conversations about that. We get curious about each other's point of view. She's smart. She's got tools I don't have. She's unbelievably intuitive. And I've got my, we've both got our areas. We're very different. If we're seeing things differently, (laughs) we want to know. What's that all about? And almost always we come to a place that's better than either one. And that's perfect because Dean asks us this question. How do you handle relationship conflict when it arises? You should take this, sweetie. Well, you just just do the smackdown. You just do the smackdown. (laughs) Well, usually what happens is we'll, if it's a heated thing, we've discovered a new way of doing when we have a really like heated argument, like there's a lot of passion or there's a lot of stuff around it. We'll get in bed. Literally, and just hold each other. And I usually lay on his chest where I'm not looking at him, but I'm completely connected to him. We're both totally pissed at each other. We're like, totally <laughs> pissed. We're just like, okay, we're going to do this thing. But it really works. It's amazing. It does. So I'll just, but the thing is you have to drop into a place yeah. of compassion. And you do, if you're really, truly in that space together, you can drop in. And, and then just talk about And it. then you just say, here's how I feel. Here's what happened inside of me. I'm just going to tell you my thing. Same goes this way. And then through that process, you get to... Bottom line is, you guys, communication. Communication, communication, communication. I know everybody says that. It's like an overused word, but it is absolutely the key to any relationship. Any relationship, period. And the deeper you can get, the more courageous you can be, and the more compassionate you can hold space. So, 100%. Yeah. It's the negotiation. Yeah, there's well, no, only with well, your fun. I don't know it's that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know like that. Like, if I, I want it, you to do something for yeah, me, yeah, she can get me to do anything she wants, basically. So if I need him to make a video <laughs> or something, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like that. But here's an important thing: we do not believe in compromise ever. 
We do not believe that one of us has to give up our idea or vision for the other. There is always a better solution than either one of us thought. And this is the thing. When you get curious about your partner's point of view. As opposed to judgmental. They're seeing it different than I am. Why is that? That's a smart friggin' turned on person there. I want to know what that's about. And so there is no compromise. We talk about it until we reach the solution that was better than either one of us could have come up with on our own. That's fantastic. Now, David Hallity asks us this. Would you explain for us how the parenting aspect of Life Book is still valuable for a single person or couple without children? So there's a bunch of ways to look at the parenting category. You were once a kid, you had parents or you have parents. So that's a way a lot of people that don't have kids or don't even want to have kids is they'll think about their relationship with their parents as the child, which is super profound. I've actually done that before when I've gone through Lifebook. Another one is children are our future, you guys. I mean, they're the ones that are going to be running this shit when we're all dead. So they're super important. Whether you raise them or not, it's important to be a good example to what is possible to the upcoming generation. So I feel like no matter what, it's a valuable category to go through. And what non-parents or people who don't want to have kids, they don't spend a lot of time there. They don't do the build out and all the thinking, but just watching Mm -hmm. a dialed in parenting philosophy and understanding what people go through that yeah. have children. And how you don't have that experience and how unbelievably, it just is interesting well. and valuable to yeah. have that right. experience. And even if yeah. you don't plan on having kids, it's useful to know this stuff in case yeah. you have an accident. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or if you have nieces and nephews, you know. Right. Yeah. Gonna... Great. Thank you so much, John and Missy. Thank you. Thanks. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. Now, we covered a lot of things over there because as I was interviewing John and Missy, people were tweeting me from the audience with their questions, but I hope that you got tons out of that, especially for those of you who are part of Lifebook and have done the Lifebook program. If you haven't done Lifebook, check it out, lifebook.mindvalley.com. This is a program led by John and Missy Butcher that gets you to go deep over six weeks, going deep into the 12 dimensions of your life and scripting and creating a 75 page or more book of every single dimension of your life and what that would look like in terms of your vision, your beliefs or premise, your why, and your strategy. It's a game changer. And one of the most remarkable things about Lifebook is that John and Missy are independently wealthy. And so this is not the way that they generate revenue. Working with Mindvalley, John and I decided to try a radical experiment. Our goal is to get Lifebook to millions of people and not to keep it accessible to only a few. When we started working together, Lifebook was a $5,000 program. When John brought it to Mindvalley, Working with John, we scaled it so rapidly to tens of thousands of students that we were able to bring the price down to 500 bucks. But that's not all. Because John wants to go for lives touched rather than just revenue, you paying for this is optional. You can go through the entire life book with a $500 deposit and at the end of it, as long as you've at least completed part of the exercises and uploaded your life book, even if it's not perfect, you can claim your $500 back. So if you really want to do Lifebook, but you think that, you know, you might be in a country like India or China where the exchange rate makes this not affordable to you, don't worry about that. Put down a deposit and take your money back. What we are aiming for is 1 million lives touched. This is a really unique program in that way. And it is so powerful 
that just in the last two weeks, we received 1,100 testimonials from our last batch of LifeBook graduates. The program starts every four to six months. So check it out, lifebook.mindvalley.com and enroll if you think this is something you really want to pursue. And if you really enjoyed these ideas, don't forget to leave us a review. We love you guys. Thank you for being fans. I can't wait to reconnect next week. I'm Vishen Lakiani, and this is the Mind Valley Podcast.